Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. Welcome to our sixth episode of the Kasafa Show. We have another wonderful lineup for you, starting with Zambia and Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper Kennedy Mwini, who's just tasted league success in South Africa on a dramatic final day of the campaign. We also hear from the Sutu international forward Motibang Serra about his successful 2019-20 season in South Africa with Bloemfontein Celtic as he looks ahead to the Nedbank Cup final on Saturday against Mwini's Sundowns. And our final guest is Seychelles Football Federation President Elvis Chetty as he reveals the latest football projects on the go in that country. Zambia goalkeeper Kennedy Mwini last weekend helped Mamelodi Sundowns to a third success of South African Premier League title on a dramatic final day of the campaign that saw them ultimately head the league table for only the last 18 minutes of the season. It continues the extraordinary run of success for Sundowns in domestic competition, and they still have the prospect of a third piece of silverware this campaign when they face Bloemfontein Celtic in the Nedbank Cup decider on Saturday. Kennedy, thanks for joining us. You've now won your fifth South African League title. With everything that's gone on in this extraordinary season with COVID-19, etc., would you say this was the hardest one? Definitely. I think I, I've never been, even with the national team, I've never been in camp for over two months. And we're still here. We were the first one to go into camp and we'll be the last one to go out of camp. Everyone is at home, but we are playing on Saturday, which means we had to remain here. Look, it was it was very difficult. It wasn't easy. And uh, but we have to understand that we have to to do all this because of the COVID. And uh, it's we have to find um, in this situation to find ourselves to be doing things which are normal to be normal. Yeah. So I mean, what was it like, or what is it like, because you're still there, to be in this bio bubble environment from a player's perspective? Do you think some of the teams that perhaps some of the players that adapted quickest to this this new normal for you had had an advantage? I wouldn't say that because even for us, it was new. Yeah, but some people argue and say to say, maybe sundowns they are used because they go in Africa, they stay there a week or two or so. But you must understand that when COVID started, when we started training, you know, we, you have to stay, you have to uh, to be in, your, in a room alone. You know, we are used to be sharing a room. You have got time to chat with your roommate, but this time it was different. You are alone in the room. You are not allowed, even if, Sometimes when we are in Africa, we go around, we go to the to the mall, but we are not allowed from training straight to your room. When you go for dinner, it's different. It's either you have to sit alone that side or the timing of, because we are not going at the same time, all of us, you'll find that your timing, it's only two or three of you and you have to talk like from far apart, it, it was it was it wasn't easy even for us. It wasn't easy, but we had to adapt because at the end of the day, this is maybe in the next uh, another three four months. It will be like the the way it is now. So we had to be to adapt quickly because uh, you know. And again, we have when we start training, it's demanding because we trained, we never played friendly games. That's why you could see the same. Most of the players they were. For them to pick up, they had to pick up maybe after four or five games. That's when you start seeing them coming uh, coming up now. Because, you know, you size up yourself when it's preseason. 
you play two, three, four, five friendlies, which is which is good. It wasn't only difficult for the coaches, it was difficult for us as well because we need to size up ourselves. And is that perhaps the secret of your success, Kennedy? I mean, you've got a lot of experienced teammates. You yourself have won the highest honors in African football. You guys are able to adapt because you are experienced. You've got a, an experienced coach. Is that perhaps the success of, of Sundowns and of you personally? I think one will argue to say, yeah, I think uh, that's the thing because we have got a lot of players who are playing for the national team. That's a plus for Sundowns. And we've got a lot of players, like I said, who play for the national team, their national uh, teams. And, uh, you know, they have traveled in Africa with their respective countries and again with Sundowns. So I think we have learned a lot and uh, it shows in the PSL because, you know, um, you know, even if there's other players who are coming in now, you know, it will, it will rub into them also to have that uh, mentality as well because winning will never be enough. And um, listen, uh, winning trophies, it will never be enough. It's the same as people who have got money, those people who are millionaires. They always want to be billionaires from billionaires, trillionaires. So it's the same as winning trophies. It's history. No one can rub history. For us, that is what is or what is pushing um, this team. I think it's the experience which is there. There's a lot of experience. And uh, I think uh, for the past uh, uh, few months we have been in camp, I think it has come to, it has come to, uh, to show that, uh, yeah, the experience we have and the experience we have gained in Africa, I think it has come to fold. You talked there about winning more. You now have the Nedbank Cup final against Bloemfontein Celtic to look forward to on Saturday. Celtic, though, have had a very strong finish to the season. I think they were unbeaten in the bio-bubble environment. What are your thoughts about playing them and, and perhaps winning a treble of trophies this season? Look, I think the most important thing for us, because uh, we, we, you know, we know how to win trophies and uh, we know what we expect from Bloemfontein Celtics. We have played them. We know... He said they are a very, very, very good team, a young team, and with a lot, a bit of, a lot of experienced players in Madena, you know, at the back there is literally Shabika. They've got experience as well. And uh, to make the matters worse, they play the kind of football we play as well. So it will be entertaining. But at the end of the day, we're not rushing or being put ourselves under pressure to say we have to win triple this season. All we want to do is to do um, simple things at the day by just winning the trophy without putting ourselves under pressure. And we have been in this situation. We have been in a lot of uh, cup finals. And we know how to push up and to bring it down a bit. So, yeah, we had celebration. We won the league. I think that one now, it has passed. It's two days now, which has passed, and we have been resting. So tomorrow we are going again for so that at least the two months we have been in camp, at least it will, we have got something to show off. Kennedy, uh, let's switch the focus to Zambia quickly. What's, your, what's the position now with you? Can you tell us exactly, are you, are you continuing with your international career or have you put a full stop behind it? <laughs> Listen, they just asked me that question again. I think it was today. Look, for me, I think uh, there's, um, there was a lot of things which was going on with the national team. And uh, for me, I think when they left me behind for these two games they played uh, with Zimbabwe and Algeria, I think for, uh, for me, I was still busy doing my goalkeeping coach uh, courses. So I think for me, I think it worked to my advantage because I was busy with it. Reason being why they left me, I don't know. I don't have any idea. But, you know, you have to respect the coach, uh, what, he, what he wants. So for me, I think I didn't have a problem. It gave me time to look at some other things. So, yeah, for me, I think, uh, look, there will be always uh, football politics, especially when you come we talk of African football. There's a lot of football politics. So for me, I think I don't want to engage myself in all those things. No, 
But for me, when, when they say to say, they ask me the same question, am I still available for the national team? For me, I told them to say, we'll see, I have to make a decision. But at the moment, I'm, I'm a bit busy. I'm a bit busy. I even told them to say, there's a lot of youngsters who are coming to Ford. And I've been with the national team since 2004. I've been up and down with sundowns now, up and down in Africa, national team. The league gear is waiting. I haven't had time for my family. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, I think when the country calls, look, I cannot say I won't play completely for the national team, but um, there's things they need to fix. The, the association, they need to fix a lot of things. So for me, I think uh, at the moment, no, I'm... Um, I'm not really, I don't, I'm, I'm not part of the national team at the moment. No, they have to fix their, they, they must fix their things first. When you do look back on your, your international career, that 2012 African Cup of Nations win obviously stands out like a beacon, you know, a massive achievement. Mm-hmm. I mean this with the greatest respect, but I think it's fair to say that Zambia were not among the favorites going into those finals. So what was it about that team and, and those few weeks that really things clicked for you? Look, I think... Um, if you look at that team, I think there was only one or two were Europe, European based. The rest they were playing in Africa. And when you look at that team, you know, compared to the other team, you know, that team we had respect for each other. We were like a family. We you we used to know they they knew my weaknesses. I knew my defenders' weaknesses. You know, we were like a family, and it ne- it never took only two years. It took about three years or four years to build all those things. And for us, we were we went to the tournament knowing to say we are going there because we are underdogs. Because at the end of the day, all the teams we played with, we were the team which had which featured a lot of players from Africa, from Tipi Mazembe, Zana, um, from Zambia, from South Africa. You can mention from Egypt when most of them, they were there. So we were the only team which had a lot of players playing their trade in Africa. And for us, I think it was an advantage for us because we used to spend a lot of time together. And the, plus, the Hevrena knew about each and every one of us. And he knew because he knew how to treat Zambian players. And uh, like I said, the respect was there. There was no egos in camp. We knew you are playing for TP Mazembe. When you come national team, we forget about TP Mazembe. We forget about Free Stars. We forget about you. You are playing for Germany, uh, for a team in Germany. We forget about everything. We are now playing for our national team. We are playing for our country, not a club. So that's, that is the thing which really helped us. And then we were pushing towards the same direction. There was no one who, were, who thought I'm bigger than this one or I'm lesser than this one. All of us were like, um, we were like a, a, a solid team because of F also. You know, he came with all those things. He, he, spoke, he spoke a lot, not about tactics, but the togetherness and to fight for one another. Kennedy, last question to you. Uh, they say if you take a bottle of red wine and you leave it for a good 20, 30 years, it gets better and better and better. When are we going to see the end of your red wine? How many more years with your skills? To be honest, it's true when they say to say, the goalkeeper, the more you become old, the more you become even more wiser. I think for me, I think it's, it's about the love of a game. You know, sometimes you know, you must listen to your body. When the body says, I'm tired, you are tired. I can be 36, but the way I'm feeling at the moment, I think I can push for another three years. So, yeah, another three years. I I told someone just now, I said, I cannot stop playing now. When a striker who's 40 years old, he's a top scorer in Zambia, James Chamanga, I'll never stop playing football now.
Lesotho international Motobang Serra has been making waves at Bloemfontein Celtic this season, where he has been amongst the leading scorers and helped the side into tomorrow's Nedbank Cup final against Mamelodi Sundowns. The forward boosted his reputation no end with a brace against Kaiser Chiefs last month, and he has taken well to the rigours of the Absa Premiership in his very first season. Motebang, thank you for joining us. Uh, how would you describe your first season in the South African Elite League? It's been, I can say, a bit hectic because uh, as I'm from Lesotho, I was playing a, a semi professional league and coming into South Africa playing a professional league, it has it had it had so many challenges. I adopted a lot of things, and I'm getting there. And I think I'm still on the on the right track. And how has the transition been to now working under Coach John Maduka, who obviously was co-coach with Coach Siema before uh, the latter left for Chip United? Has there been much change between the two? No, I don't think there is much change really, because they the only thing that has changed is it's personal. They they. They they are not that different. It's just small things there and there. But did it help you when you joined Celtic that um, Coach Siema was also from Lesotho? Was that was that a uh, did that make the adaptation process perhaps a little bit easier for you? Yes, actually, uh, Coach Siema is the one that is the one that invited me to Celtics for trials last year uh, after the Kosava tournament in in Durban. And yeah, he's the one who brought me here. Now, you have a massive chance to write your name into the history books with Bloemfontein Celtic when you face Mamelodi Sundowns in the final of that Netbank Cup. Are the players daunted by the enormity of this achievement? These games, uh, as, as players, we say, it's a motivation by itself playing against a big club like Mamelodi Sundowns. It doesn't require a lot of motivation from the coaches or anyone. It, lately, a lot of players, they are coming to me, talking to me and telling me I should push and they, they, they have much trust on me and the likes, yeah, yeah. You also, um, with those goals against Kaiser Chiefs, I suppose now that's giving you the confidence. You're not scared of the of the Sundowns defenders, or should I say you're not intimidated by the Sundowns defenders. I mean, two goals against Kaiser Chiefs is not something that players do every single day. Yeah, like I said, when it comes to big games, they, they give me a lot of strength. When I, when I went to Kaiser Chiefs game, uh, I already motivated myself and I prayed to God to help me and I had uh, good sessions with the coaches. Now, you've scored in each of the last four Kasafa Cup competitions that have been played, um, which is a, a fairly unique achievement and very rare. How has this Kasafa Cup competition helped to shape your career? Actually, it helps a lot of players. The tournament that mostly gives exposure to a lot of players to be recognized and to showcase their talent to represent their countries in the south in africa so it has helped me a lot because a lot of i was under the leadership of coach moses magie he always told me that if i push hard i could see myself in south africa playing because i always wanted to play in south africa and he, he always told me that i should just focus on this kind of of tournaments because a lot of South African Asians uh, scouts they are watching so I could I could be lucky or I should just work hard so that my dream can come true. Uh, we had your your coach your national team coach Tabo Sinong on our show a few weeks ago. What have your what has been your impressions of working with him? Even I suppose with the COVID nineteen pandemic, you really haven't had as much time with him as um, you might have wished. But uh, how has it been going with uh, with a new coach? Coach Sinong, uh, he's a he's a 
is a very humble person, is understanding, he has a good relationship with players, he's a really good coach. And when he came to Lesotho, uh, we talked, we talked, we talked a lot of times, we talked by the phone, even when I met the national team. So he, he just told me that, you see, you are playing in South Africa, so a lot of players from Lesotho wants to come this side. So meaning you are representing the country and you are making ways for other Lesotho players. You are opening doors for them as well. So he always tells me that I should work hard and bring the experience or the the things that I get from this professional side to, to the national team and help the national team grow. He's a, he's a coach that really believes in me and I appreciate him so much. Now, you have a, a difficult group in the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers with Nigeria, Benin and Sierra Leone. But you must believe that you can finish in the top two and qualify for Cameroon with your, your double header against Benin, which for the moment is scheduled for November. Perhaps the, the two crucial games. Yeah, they are very crucial. They are the must wins because we, the last upcoin, we were playing against Cape Verde and we threw that game, yet we are supposed to win so that we can qualify. So this, it's still a chance. It's a, it's a hard group against Nigeria, Sierra Leone and, and Benin, but the guys are more determined because last we didn't qualify. So they really wanted more. What's been the uh, reaction in Lesotho to your achievements in South Africa in your first season? Have you got a lot of positive feedback from people? I suppose there are a lot of Chiefs fans in, in Maseru that you have also made angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of Chiefs fans in, in Lesotho. They, actually, a lot of Lesotho people, they are, they are supporting me. They, they are always behind me, encouraging me. Before I play each and every game, I'll be getting some texts, Facebook, WhatsApp, Twitter, motivating me, wishing me luck for the games. Yeah, even after Kaiser Chiefs game, you see, they really love Chiefs in Lesotho. But others were, were just like, we saw your performance, you scored beautiful goals, and we congratulate you. Hey, but you killed our team, my man. Ish. But they really support me, and I appreciate them too. Our next guest is the president of the Seychelles Football Federation, Elvis Chetty, who this year has navigated the country through some difficult waters due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but with some success too. In fact, the Seychelles League was the first in Africa to resume playing after a pause due to COVID-19, albeit in a reduced format, and has since been completed with Foresters crowned champions for the first time. Mr. Chetty, thank you very much for being on the show today. How difficult was it to complete the domestic campaign and what are the plans now for the next season? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Our league, our competitions, it was very difficult to finish. We needed to uh, navigate the worries about COVID-19. We needed to have our members, that is teams and players on board. We needed reassurance and uh, permission from the Ministry of Health in order to achieve that. Nonetheless, I'm happy that we didn't disappoint our financial backers, such as sponsors, when we were able to complete all competitions. That way, we were remunerated rather than uh, facing financial difficulties with sponsors. What we decided to do was to any earnings that we have made um, by finishing the league, we sent it directly to our members. 
Now, I'm really thrilled about the participation of our members, the sacrifices that they've had to make, because during this period, um, playing between islands, traveling between islands, costs escalate. But our position was that the Federation would utilize our reserves in order to finish football, because football, after all, is our business. And and finishing our competitions were paramount. Going forward, the league will commence in November, albeit in a shortened version, but all actors are on board, and I'm looking forward to the new competition. Now, development in both men's and women's football has been a major drive of yours in Seychelles recently. Can you fill us in on some of the projects you've embarked on and, and those that will be coming up? Development is paramount uh, because we recognize that there is a lot for us to do in order to reach certain um, levels, the levels that we have set for ourselves in the next four years. And uh, I, I would like to iterate that development doesn't necessarily belong only to the field of play, but in the boardrooms and the uh, measures set such as policies, etc., that are made within uh, the headquarters. Firstly, what we've done is we've made sure, as far as administration is concerned, that uh, we have made some revolutionary changes by introducing uh, new financial manuals that cannot be avoided. Secondly, we have amended our statutes um, to create term limits, to, to create ethics body, creating our own uh, national dispute resolution chamber, uh, which means that all disputes um, will come to our own courts uh, that the SFF has created, uh, rather than going to um, FIFA. And further to that, we have made sure that there are strict policies in order to safeguard uh, transparency and the disclosure of information. Uh, we are currently developing a new website which will publish all information that we deal with so that we are transparent. Um, also, the next step for development, uh, we have engaged a drive to um, upgrade existing uh, facilities at the same time build new facilities. The SFF will be building a new mini stadium of their own where it'll, it'll be mainly utilized for some of the members when it comes to training. Further to that, it will host um, the women's games and competition and also some some youth, youth football. We are upgrading our beach soccer stadium, um, our headquarters and uh, the playing facilities around our headquarters. We've even been audacious enough and have an agreement in place uh, that will allow us to take over the national stadium whereby we will renovate it completely and be in partnership with the National Sports Council. I should state that we own a stadium on the second largest island that will also uh, be undergoing refurbishment in this year. So that is as far as uh, we're at for, for our infrastructure. Now, when it comes to um, development on the field itself, we've, we've already put in place uh, competitions um, throughout the schools for boys and girls, 
for girls alone and for boys. And these are at various age groups. Uh, at the very top, we're talking about under 17 uh, levels tournaments. At the lowest, we're talking about under 10 tournaments. The Women's League kicked off last Saturday, which I'm very pleased about and looking forward to that progressing. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, going forward, we are creating a women's department which will be run completely by uh, ladies. We want to engage them to develop their sports with, with our assistance when, when it's needed. Uh, we have advertised um, all around the world to appoint a new women's uh, football director. And again, that position will be for ladies. It's a very impressive list uh, of achievements off the field. Can, can I ask you a quick question about on the field? Um, your yes. national side won the won the Indian Ocean Games in 2011. You got a credible fourth uh, 2019. You haven't uh-huh. really translated that success onto the Kasafa stage. What what needs to be done to make the, the Seychelles men's national team a little bit more competitive? Well, what we've done recently is, first of all, to um, invest directly um, financially into our clubs. We've um, uh, um, we, we are engaging them to sign um, agreements with the SFF, so to work together in the development of, of our players. Now, what we have in place also is some, some agreements with some institutions in Germany. Unfortunately for COVID, we weren't able to realize these agreements because the agreements uh, simply consisted of the most talented youth in Seychelles from the age of 16 to 20 would be um, going on trials for a period of three months. And the idea um, and my thoughts about going forward is adopting an Iceland philosophy where where the Seychelles will be exporting um, the talent that can make it on the international field. This, this type of policy hasn't been utilized before in Seychelles, but I see it as the most logical way of, of uh, getting us more success in competitions like Kusafa. The, the difference is this. The difference is that if we're able to have the um, uh, players to that are playing professional football abroad, it will be a great difference because the level of competition is much higher. They are in a professional environment where they are focusing solely on football. And naturally, that will bring more success on the field. Uh, there is a hope that Kasafa will be able to host an under-15 tournament next year, as well as the launch of a women's club championship competition and a beach soccer event. Do you see Seychelles participating in in some or all of these? Well, technically speaking, if I'm still president, which I'm told by my members that I'm very likely to be, engagement from the Seychelles will be very positive. If we're in a position as far as um, uh, uh, having the human resource to field um, that um, are competitive, we will definitely partake because... Uh, financially, we're in a good position because we've we've planned uh, for years ahead. The Seychelles was hoping to host 
this October, but unfortunately we can't do it anymore, an international under-17 girls beach soccer tournament. For Africa, this would be something completely new. And the idea was to, uh, on one hand, the federation would be creating football tourism in the Seychelles, but at the same time, it was another avenue to promote the girls or women's game. That's it for our sixth episode of the Kusafa Show. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in two weeks with more interviews from the leading figures in Southern African football. In the meantime, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Sokola Duma Radio, Kusafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest Kusafa news via our website at www.kusafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So we speak again, goodbye.